Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. God, we need you. I ask you to touch each one in this room. Let your uh, dreams and visions come to them. Deliver them from evil. Deliver their families from evil. Father, we just declare around them protection, angelic guards, amen? Father, you're going to bless them in this season, and I declare over this region revival. I declare that people are being revived into the things that you have in store for their lives. I declare shalom and blessing over everyone in this room in the mighty name of Jesus, amen? Well, for me, it's a blessing to be back because, you know, it was a tough season that we were in. And I didn't know if I'd ever get back. And you've been in my prayers. And, uh, I, I've, you know, because our kids are pretty close to your kids here, uh, I've often thought of them and prayed for them. And, ble- and you know, so I, it's good to get back and see them taller. My, my oldest son now is almost as tall as me. Which uh, just somebody the other day said he was taller, and I got pretty insecure in that moment. But uh, <laughs> no, he's getting there, though. Thank you, Lord. He's a he's an amazing young man. All my children are. Uh, we've seen in the last three years the Lord really just blessed them, uh, and uh, they've grown. And my oldest son now has an amazing ministry online. He's fourteen. Uh, and he's reaching 7,000 people on one of his uh, Facebook or his Instagram pages. And now he's starting two more pages today because I had a vision in the night and told him, you got to birth some other online churches. So he said, I'm doing it. So today he's starting that. We're going to birth four online churches today uh, in the social media realm. We're, we, uh, just to give you some background there, uh, when, I, when COVID hit, I had to turn into the internet because I couldn't travel. Uh, but it didn't stop the gospel at all. It really didn't. Suddenly, there was an explosion within that realm where uh, I was doing online meetings every day for 100 days, sometimes two, three, four meetings a day. Uh, and then I started co-laboring with a lot of uh, other ministers, and some of them were brand new. We helped birth at least two dozen ministries uh, in the online universe during that time. Uh, and I co-labored with like 100 of them. So we actually had online revival meetings with sometimes 70,000 people in them. And we saw God move on every continent in the earth. I couldn't even tell you how many countries we hit within that realm. And some of the people that we raised up, they're still going every day. They're doing online meetings and they're prophesying, they're praying. Uh, everything you could imagine was healed through the internet. It's amazing what God can do. We we had we would have people in our online meetings talking about the fire touching them in their houses as they were listening to the broadcast, and uh, that's what God has done. And that continues. Uh, from that, I birthed uh, in the last season about four or five new online pages, 
that are now, most of them have over 5,000 people following them. And so we're birthing two new ones starting today uh, and believing that by the end of the year that will be up to 2,000 people on each page. So you can pray for the su success of that. Amen. And, and it's always funny to go on to some of those pages and I look at the names and most of them I can't pronounce. <laughs> my, one of my pages, the biggest population are from Russia or from Iraq or Iran or Turkey. They're watching us and watching our art uh, and the things that we put out there. So it's been an exciting season and an increase. And uh, I also birthed an online broadcast during that time called From the Mountaintop. Uh, normally when we go online, there's two or 3,000 people that watch these broadcasts every time we go live sometimes more, and uh, we've prophesied to probably five or 6,000 people through that broadcast in the last two years. So it's been, and all over the world again. And then I began to work with people in Europe, and I have a friend over there in Belgium, and uh, suddenly a revival broke out in the internet in the French lands of Europe and in Africa, and even in the parts of Canada because they were all linked, and we saw hundreds and hundreds of French-speaking people come underneath the power of God and begin to be raised up into uh, what God is destined for their lives. Isn't that awesome? Some of you don't believe it, but that's okay. <laughs> You'll catch up, amen? Uh, the Internet is more powerful than you even realize. And, uh, and, and now, I mean, whoo, you know, uh, everywhere I've gone in the world is because of uh, Facebook, including coming to this region. Uh, it's been over 12 years, I think, since I first came to this region. I met the Rudds pretty quick, and uh, they opened up some doors for me. And I thank you guys for that. It's good to see you here today. And, and the lady preacher back there, what's your name again? Trudy. Trudy. I love Trudy. I was so excited to see you here. Uh, and you were, you've been a blessing to us through the years. So I'm glad to see you. And I just declare, it's been too long. You know what I mean? We're family. I'm just going to tell you you're part of my family whether you like it or not. I'll be the black sheep in the family, amen? But you're still part of my family, and I love you, and it's such a blessing to travel back through these parts, amen? And you know what I love about you guys is your love for family, and this is a generational church. I mean, you got at least three generations here. Am I right? Is there another one, or is it three? That is so incredible. And Lord, we thank you for this generational church. And I declare it will be generational for generations. Amen? Whoo! God is good. I even actually saw it today. Remind me of your name again, the, the worship leader. Darren. It's Darren. I thought so, but it, I, I thought it was kind of like, if I said that, it might be like presumptuous or something, you know? <laughs> it's Darren. I thought it was. Uh, do you? <laughs> the best way. Thank you, Lord. That reminds me of a testimony, but I won't share that right now. Uh, God, at one time I was in a big church, and I remember pointing out the guy in the back, and I said, hey, what's your name? He said, it's Darren. Whew, and I began to prophesy over him. That was a long time ago. God is good. He's made me fruitful for a long time. It's amazing what God will do. Listen, you know, I, I have people that I was uh, children with that are following me online. 
and they're being touched by the power of God. I can look at every facet or every part of my life and see people that are now being touched by Jesus through uh, them following me on social media, and I'm discipling them. And, and lead, even into my radical like uh, years in government where I was an atheist, they're following me, which is a miracle, amen? I have one, one of those guys, he's a French-Canadian, overeducated guy, uh, started following me, got blasted by the Holy Spirit, and started prophesying. And this guy had like three degrees, he was a diplomat, and probably into witchcraft, and then suddenly God got a hold of him. And, and moved upon his life. God is good. Whew, I have so many testimonies from the last, this week. I left home on Saturday last week. I'll be home tomorrow, thank God, for a little bit. It's going to be a very busy fall for me. Uh, we have to put rubber to the road because I'm using the traction to get to the next level, amen. I ended up on Sid Roth uh, recently. And that was a great blessing, but the Lord has used that to propel me in ways I didn't imagine, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, if you haven't seen those broadcasts, you can go to YouTube and just type my name and Sid Roth. I was actually on it twice this year, uh, and both times it, it, uh, it launched me. Uh, the first time was during the truckers' protest in Ottawa. I live right outside of Ottawa, so I was in the middle of that. Uh, I wasn't a leader in the midst of that. I was a reporter in the midst of that and actually used my social media to report on what was happening in that region. And we actually had over five or 600,000, closer to a million views of my broadcast during that time. It just went right across Canada. And it wasn't just Christians. It was everybody was seeing this. And in fact, I had to put two people on my team to delete all the bad comments. Uh, they were three days straight, just delete, 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 block, delete, block. Because uh, there was about five or 600 of these people that came against us. It was incredible. And it was a bit intimidating. Can I be honest with you? Whew, I just, and you know what you learn to do is just ignore. Don't respond to any of it because you're never going. I, if you're one of those that wants to confront, uh, oh, my God, it doesn't work too well. Uh, and so I've learned just to block and ignore uh, because if you don't, uh, you'll get caught up in stuff you shouldn't get caught up into. Is that okay to say? Uh, my ministry is to encourage, to bless, and that's what I want to stay in, that realm of encouraging people, loving people, and somehow learning to love even more, even more. God, give us the strength to love those that are even unlovely, which, unfortunately, a lot of times in our family, amen. Whew, God help us, amen, to love those that come against us and uh, bless them and not curse them, amen. Too many Christians trying, saying that guy, that guy should die because of what they did to me and all this stuff. And you can say that's not true, but we all know uh, people who've done this, including probably me at times when I was younger. Uh, you just operate in the, the wrong spirit. But we're always to come against or the, a wrong spirit with a right spirit. And if they curse, we bless. Amen. I had one lady one time say to me, I, that witch that came against me, she astral projected or something, came at her. I break the silver cord. I thought, what are you breaking the silver cord for? You want her to go into hell? No, 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 no. We don't, we don't return cursing with cursing. 
We return cursing with blessing. Lord, this is my prayer because it's in Ephesians. Bless them with every revelation they need to enter into Christ Jesus. And if they got to attack me the, the, to actually have the Holy Spirit respond and turn and touch them, so be it. I'll lay my life down, not pick it up. Amen. We have to lay our lives down for the gospel's sake. So I left home a week ago. And uh, I've been in, where have I been? Virginia. Uh, my sister lives in Virginia. Uh, and I helped birth a church in Virginia that's been going strong for eight years. Uh, they have as many people as, that are in this room right now. Uh, and they've had every miracle that you can imagine take place there. And it's in an ex-furniture store. When I first went there, it was a furniture store. Uh, and it closed about three or four years ago, but the furniture stayed there. So they took all the dining room tables and made that the area where everybody eats now. And everybody has a nice chair, you know, Amish-style kind of furniture in there. And everybody has a lazy boy or a couch to sit on in that meeting. There's like enough room for like 60 or 70 people on couches in that space. And uh, we've seen every miracle you can imagine. First time I went there, uh, which was eight years ago, I believe. Uh, the first meeting, somebody's ear popped open. They were deaf. Uh, somebody else had a, a broken ankle or something. That was instantly healed. Uh, and then uh, the gold dust spread right through the room. And everybody was covered in gold. Whether you like that or not, that does happen. And it happens because Jesus Christ is Lord. He died on the cross for you and I. And signs, wonders, and miracles Follow the preaching of the gospel. One time we were up somewhere near Oswego, I believe it was. Am I right? Was that over there? And, and <laughs> in Hannibal. And Melody Rudd looks at the wall and here's oil and gold coming out of the wall. Whoo! It made some people. I don't think I got invited back there because of that. They thought we were lying. You know what I mean? <laughs> What's what? It was all over. It was just, it's a miracle. And miracles come to prove Jesus Christ is Lord. It's an attestation, if you will. It attests to the nature of Jesus. Acts 2.22 talks about miracles. Read that scripture. Come to give testimony, if you will, of the nature of who Jesus is. He's the Son of God who descended into this realm because this realm was very dark. We were lost because of the fall. Amen. It was a war zone, and, it, and there was destruction, and all of us were headed to ruin. We were headed to hell, and God made a way for us to be set free. You guys know what I'm talking about because we're still in that ruin, amen? The fact that you and I are blessed is a miracle, right? The fact that our families are, are somewhat healthy is a miracle because that's the grace of God that came because we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord. But look at the time that we're living in right now. Whoo. I was reading Ezekiel last night in the middle of the night, and that man had a tough job. If you read Ezekiel chapter 2 and 3, essentially God is saying to him, I'm sending you to a rebellious people that you're going to speak to, but they're going to remain rebellious. But because you spoke, they'll know a prophet was among them. That's, that's the essence of Ezekiel. <laughs> that's a tough job. 
but it ain't much easier now. It's a tough time. There's darkness not only in the earth, but in the body of Christ. People always say, who are your friends in ministry? I said, you don't want to know. I said, they all fell. They did. And you know, they've been falling for a long time because the war is fierce. Uh, they're warriors and they get cut. They get hurt. They bleed. And then the body of Christ, instead of healing them, throws salt on the wounds and make it worse. And suddenly they become greatly depressed and don't want to live. Amen. Whew, but I declare over you that you will be the greatest encouragers in this season. I declare over you that you will rise up with wings of healing. How's this? And everywhere you go in the name of the Lord, people will be touched. People will improve. I, you know, we all want that crown, don't we? Whoo, should I want to be crowned by God? And you know, the crown represents the thoughts within the mind. Who before the Lord we were crowned with, you know, thorns, really. Depression, anxiety, and fear, which came because of wrong thinking and lies uh, through the enemy, sowing tears into our lives, and therefore uh, we had wrong thinking. But Jesus comes and gives us a different crown, a golden crown. This is the helmet of salvation, which is for the healing of the mind. And I declare over your minds today new thinking. We get rid of the stinking thinking and get new thinking. Amen. God, help us to have your thoughts. Lord, I want to live in the realm of your thoughts. You know, if I, if I can get into the thoughts of God for my life, which please, God, let me do this, then my body can be healed. My heart can be healed. Uh, my family can be healed. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I, you guys who know my story know I went through hell before the Lord. He got me through, but I even went through a divorce, and I had two daughters from this first marriage, uh, and it was tough for them. We were, I lived in generational divorce. It was generating. My mom went through it. I went through it. It was, and, and, and going back, it wasn't much better. Even though they were together, they were apart. Going back many generations. Whew. And so there was really no hope except Jesus got a hold of me. You know, my, my, I'm so proud of one of my daughters right now. I'm proud of all my kids. But one of them grabbed a hold of Jesus recently. Uh, the 23-year-old, 24 now. Hard to believe. It goes so quick. Amen. She's 24. Uh, she just got married and, and, and had, she had two children. She did it all wrong, you know, got the children before the marriage, but she wasn't a Christian. And suddenly she got married and then uh, she started praying and asking God for direction. She lost all of her jobs. Thank you, Lord. And then suddenly the only job she could get was with a ministry. So then she began to work for a ministry, and when she's working for the ministry, she's getting questions from people, and she says to me, Dad, I guess I need to read the Bible because I don't have the answers for the people that they're asking. So now she read the Bible from cover to cover, and the other day she wrote me, she said, Dad, God has blessed me. 
she ended up getting a beautiful house. Like, I was shocked. It was better than anything I had at her age. God is going to bless your family. If you will remain faithful to what God tells you to do, the blessing will transfer into the generations after. And that's why I love this church, because I see the blessing in the generations. Amen? Shalom. Amen. We're to pray for the shalom of Jerusalem. Now, shalom is a really beautiful word uh, when you begin to understand the nuances of that word. It really is everything you need for a blessed life, starting with the presence of God. Do you feel the presence of God here today? Put your hand up. Give testimony to the presence of Jesus. Honor the presence of Jesus in this room. That is shalom that you're feeling right now. And it's, a, it's, you know, it's really complicated to explain shalom because it really is the fruit of the spirit that you're feeling in the atmosphere. You're feeling the joy, the peace, the love of God here. There's a contentment. There, when you're in shalom, there's no hurry. You want to remain in shalom. And so, Lord, I just declare, because uh, there's power in declaration. I don't know if you know that that they will remain in shalom. But shalom is really the Holy Spirit and the presence of God. We could describe it as the fire of God. God dwells in fire. His throne is a throne of fire. He's a pillar of fire. He was a pillar of fire at night. He manifests as fire. He's spirit. He's different than you and I. He can manifest any way he wants. Uh, he can look any way he wants, but ultimately he's spirit, and you were made in the image of God, and you are spirit too. Thank you, Father. So the spirit of God is in this room, and he's touching your spirits right now, and it's actually bringing contentment to your body and to your mind. Your mind finds rest in the spirit of God, because when your spirit is grafted into his spirit, everything changes, Amen. Whew, everything changes. I remember that old man that I used to be, but I can't remember why I was that old man. Because now he's made all things new, and, and life is so blessed, and the journey is wonderful. Do I struggle? Yes. But I find Jesus in every struggle. He's there. His shalom that you're feeling right now is never far away. Those of you that struggle in the area of the mind, with anxiety and fear. The next time that anxiety attack comes upon you, you treat it the way you should and invite Jesus into the middle of it and say, Jesus, where are you right now? And then wait upon the Lord, and then you'll go, there you are. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing, right? But in everything with thankfulness, thank you, Father. It says, uh, the peace of God will come. And I declare over you that you'll be anxious for nothing, but you will by prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving find the presence of God in the midst of your troubles. You know, when you, when you practice this, it's not that your troubles change right away, but the Bible says his peace will come. And so as you begin to practice prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, you will find rest in the middle of the storm, like Jesus in the boat. Remember this story? I love that story. 
Whew, Jesus in the back of the boat, there's wind and the waves, but Jesus is back there sleeping. And, and here are the disciples hollering, you know what I mean? Just, oh, Jesus! He's like, settle down, because there's peace in the storm for you. One of the words that God gives me the most is, settle down. Everything's all right. Why? Because I need that. I need to hear that. Whew, I need to hear everything's going to be all right. Why? Because I'm not perfect. I don't have perfect understanding. Sometimes the, the fights that come against you are pretty fierce, let me tell you. I just spent a month, uh, about three months ago, I was in Egypt for two and a half weeks, and every night demons came into my room. And they were, you say, oh, I could deal with it. Like, look, 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 I can deal with it too. But... I was really glad when I called out to God, he met me in that place because the things that I saw there, I had never seen anywhere in my life before. It was a fierce battle. I didn't know if I was going to overcome truthfully, but thank God I overcame. And I will overcome because he overcame. If you keep pushing yourself into the presence of God and keep seeking him in your storm, you will be fine. You know, I believe we've experienced some of the toughest times these last years. There's been a lot of confusion. There's been a lot of warfare. COVID killed people and the remedy that they thought killed people. It's been a tough season. There's been a pestilence, if you will, in the lands that shut down borders so that families couldn't even see each other. Been hard times. And there will be other hard times. There will be lack that will come into the nations. But all these things are squeezing uh, people, uh, removing things. They're, the things that they used to be certain about, they're no longer certain about. But now, in the midst of their uncertainty, <laughs> thank you, Father, Jesus will reveal himself as certitude. Whew, they'll be certain that God is real. They'll be certain that they can get through the storms. When I left home, the morning that I left at about 6, 6.30 in the morning, I went into a dream, and I was in heaven in a room. Whoo, beautiful heaven. God is good, amen. I was in a mansion in heaven. I look up on the wall, and there's a painting there, a massive painting, maybe the size of one of these walls. And I said, what is this painting? She said, it's the angel of certitude. And that may sound strange to you, but certitude is just a fancy word of saying, way of saying that you will have certainty in dark times because God is releasing angels to minister to you that God is going to keep you through the storm. A storm will come. And there's more storms coming. There's dark things coming into the earth. But be fear not. For the Lord is with you. We, I, I feel, and I feel like I saw this, that with the dark times, Christians begin to really live in a greater community with each other. They begin to look after each other. They begin to reach out to each other. And so we're going to see divine, supernatural moves of the Spirit to bring communities together in this season. Have you noticed that as Christians in 
These lands that were founded by Christians were being persecuted like never before. I was thrown into a detention center when I came back on a missionary journey into Canada last November, and they locked me up and threw away the key, never even told my wife where I was. I didn't even know where I was. I had to use my GPS. They never even told me where I was. They wouldn't talk to me for four days. Every time I called down, they made excuses and hung up. They never came in to see how I was doing, never gave me clean clothes. That's persecution. But it was a good thing because uh, God used that to propel the gospel in ways that it would never have gone forth if I didn't endure this. And then when the truckers' protest took place, that was another persecution that took place in Canada. And Canadian Christians rose up. The, the, the center of that revival were the truckers who come, are blue-collar people whose grandmas were praying women. And they prayed for their grandchildren, and the mamas prayed for the children. Those truckers, I, I always said, like, they were hard on the outside, but there's a, there was a seed of Jesus on the inside, and they all knew the Lord's Prayer. So when the police began to batter them, many times you would hear them going, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Big old truck, tattooed up one side, swearing out the other. But when push came, when push came to shove, here they are. They're being squeezed, and what comes out of them? The Lord's Prayer. You see, hard times have a way of producing something inside of people, and Jesus begins to rise up out of them. So don't worry about hard times. It's a tool for, that God uses to bring in people for the harvest. And we're going to see the harvest. Whew, we've been seeing it in Canada. I don't know if you've been following me online, but uh, I did a trip this year uh, based on a dream. <laughs> I woke up three hours after the dream. I was in my car driving like from here to California without any knowledge of where I was going. But I had a dream, and I saw revival in the western part of Canada, and I said, I'm going. I said, Lydia, I got to go. She goes, I got a piece about this. Thank God for a good wife, amen. <laughs> you see, people always get worried about our relationship, but what they don't realize is I stayed in prayer for three years before I ever decided to marry anyone. And I knew I had a call on my life, and the woman had to be designed for that call. And many came, but I just, nope, this is not the one. This is not the one. And when Lydia showed up, thank you, Jesus, she did. By the way, the, I was in, her mama owns a, a farm, and it's like a retreat center, 80-acre farm. And she used to host these prophetic meetings there, and there was 80 people in a room 17 years ago. A prophet came in, pointed me out in that meeting. Now, I'm a broken man. We has an old song, like a Celtic song. Broken man on the Halifax shore, the last to bear its private tear. I was broken. I'd just come from trying to make my first marriage work, and I was rejected again. Whew, it was tough. And I'm sitting in this meeting thinking, God cannot use me. The prophet stands up in my, who would be my mother-in-law's house, and says, God has a, a wife for you. And I, re, I wanted to rebuke him right there, to be honest, because I was like, there's no way. You know, I just went through hell for uh, the, the marriage that I had was, was very difficult for her. 
Thank you, Lord. But for me too, but definitely for her because I was not a good guy at all. Oh, and, and, and the reason why it didn't work out is because we neither one of us uh, trusted the other one. So it just didn't work. And so here's this man, like two months after, I, I finally realized I'm going to work. You're going to be married. And I was like, no, I didn't want to hear this. Then he said, you're going to be on TV, and it's going to be a powerful ministry, and you're going to have a ministry to the nations. And that was in my mother-in-law's house. And I didn't actually meet Lydia for a year later. She had been, uh, Lydia had two degrees and a teaching degree, and she was in uh, Korea teaching English when I first came back to the Lord. So I didn't meet her. And then I met her, and I was scared of her because she was, if you know her, she's a very quiet woman until you get to know her, and then she talks a lot. And then she'll talk your ear off. I'm like, girl, I can't process it. I can't process it. Thank you, Lord. So I was, like, nervous about this one, but God gave me a dream. And in it, I saw the grace of God over that unity. And I had to die a thousand deaths to enter into that. And so God brought us together because he knew that together we could do what we were both called to do. And her call is very different than my call. She supports me. She works for the ministry. She's a, I couldn't do this ministry without her. Uh, she does all the administration uh, she's like the heart of the ministry. And uh, then she homeschools. So a very busy woman. And she couldn't even travel the, all the time, even if she wanted to. But God so put us together that there's this trust between us that we know that we can do what it is we do. And I just declare over you today, strong marriages. If you don't have a strong marriage, you can't understand a strong marriage. But I declare in the spirit right now supernatural strength coming into marriages so that you can do the things you're called to do. Some people are, are held back because of difficult marriages, but I declare right now healing into marriages so that you guys can together do great exploits for God. Can I get an amen? God is good. I just wanted to share a little bit about that because uh, there's so many broken marriages, and I get it. I understand that because I went through it. But the grace of God is greater than our understanding. It's greater than my understanding because I tell you, I still wrestle. I still wrestle with all that. Whoo! There's times that uh, I can't even put into words the things that I've wrestled with because of what I went through. And my daughters, seeing them affected the way they were because of the breakup was very difficult, but I've been seeing the grace of God healing their hearts. You know, Jesus will heal broken things. God is going to heal your families. My daughter, who is now working for that ministry, when, I was, when she was five years old, which is almost 20 years ago, I had a dream and saw her die. And she did die when she was 17 in the back of an ambulance from a drug overdose and ended up in heaven. On the, she was on the shore of the Jordan in the spirit, she told me. She didn't even know. She said, I was at the river. And I know it's like, the, the Jordan River in the spirit crossing over to the promised land. <laughs> she said, I saw the city of God on the other side. 
It's just like, you know what I mean, what God has prepared for us. Thank you, Lord. She said, my aunt came through the door, and she said, honey, it's not your turn yet. Go on home. Your family needs you. And up to that point, she was pretty much an atheist. She'd tell me she didn't believe in God, which I don't believe, but that's what she said. And uh, she ended up turning to the Lord. She said the first time she ever felt the presence of God, she was dead. Death has no sting. It doesn't matter what your family is going through. God is able to bring breakthrough in Jesus' name. And now she's on a different path. But I had to trust God because I knew this was coming. But I knew she would come back to life, and I knew she'd be in ministry. And now that's come to pass. Are you hearing me? God will fulfill the words that he's spoken over your life. I, on Sidroth, they wanted to emphasize my ability to hear God's voice, which is, I, they, they titled the book, Tuning Into the Frequency of God. And, you know, the Bible says, as you seek him, you will find him when you seek him with your whole heart. And so I just declare over you today that such hunger and thirst is coming into you that you will lie in the presence of God until you do hear his voice. And when you do hear his voice, every blessing is in the sound of his voice. He will speak and you will hear and you will obey and you will see that God is able to make all grace abound. I love that word. About like heaps of blessing in your life. Every time you turn around, you get blessed. Like this morning, Kathy uh, was in my meeting the other day. She knew that I loved something. And I wasn't expecting, she gave me something that was like, oh my God, I can't believe I have this. It's shocking what God will do. And that happens so many times. When you are a friend of God, God will bless you. You know, when you love God, his love manifests in so many ways. But when you're obstinate and proud and think you got all the answers and you're judging preachers and judging everybody, good luck. It's time for you to sink a little lower now. I remember my pastor years ago, uh, oh, I had a dream, and uh, it was like an interesting dream because uh, in the old Anglican churches of England, they had uh, the preachers used to preach up in cages. Uh, very high up over the people. And they'd walk into this cage and they would preach, so it was high up. Uh, I mean, prophetically what they were saying is the word is higher, right? And it had to be released from a high place. But pride entered into that cage. And so strut right up into that cage and you'd be preaching the word of God from that high place, right? And I remember in this dream, I saw the cage up there and I saw the pride up there, and then there was another pulpit like this, a little lower. And I said, well, I won't preach up there, thinking I was, you know, humble. I said, I'll preach from this pulpit. And when I looked, here's my pastor lying on the floor in his face, and he's preaching from the floor. We need to be humble before God. Ezekiel, you ever see 444 all the time, 444? You might like going down the road and 444 is our 333111. Many of you have had these encounters. And 444 uh, to me is Ezekiel 444, which the prophet experiences the glory of God falling on his face, prostrate before the Lord. 
It takes being prostrate to hear God's voice. The Bible says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. It's not that you're going to remain in uh, like you're always like, woe is me kind of state. No. Uh, when you walk through the beautiful gate who's Jesus, amen, which is the only way, the only truth, the only life. Uh, there's only one way into the Father, and that's through the Son. There's only one way to heaven. You can't sneak your way in. But if you will humble yourself, uh, it's easy. What's the scripture goes about? Easy for a camel or the, the, the eye of the camel scripture. You know what? I, I can't remember it right now. Then for a sinner, right? Who? Because you got to humble yourself to get into the places that God has in store for your life. And you, and you have to continuously humble yourself. I've been in the middle of many, many revivals, big ones, that God actually used me to burst many of those open, which for I'm thankful. But there came a point where suddenly the Lord says, now leave this one and move on. And people, I remember when I first started, the people thought I was crazy, but I could see that it came to an end, and people wanted to continue on like it was still there. But the Lord said, now move. And I would move, and another one would break out in other places, and the same thing, now move. And it kept, and move, and move, and move. Thank you, Father. All my friends thought I was crazy, but I just continued to do what God said. You have to continuously humble yourself to stay in the place of what God is doing. And, you know, a lot of the places I go to, people will not go to. I get in my car, and I'll drive now, say, 15,000 miles over a month period. Some of those places, when I get to them, are in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I was in one town in, in the prairies this year out in the west, and they said, yeah, the nearest city is four hours away. And, and they said, in every direction, four hours that way, four hours that way, four hours that way, and four hours that way, the middle of nowhere. I got there in the middle of a blizzard, a prairie blizzard. Anybody been in the middle of a prairie blizzard? It's not like a blizzard around here. A prairie blizzard, the winds are, it's like, and it's completely white out. There, it may be snowing or it may not be snowing, but because there are no trees, if there's any snow on the ground, it gets back up into the air again and it comes past your car. And you can only, I couldn't even see you. So I'm doing like literally like 50 miles an hour driving through this storm, just praying in tongues. Shut up, God, God get me there. Oh, la, 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 la. I had a four-hour drive in this blizzard. And they were shutting down the, uh, the exits as I was passing by. If I went off, I wouldn't have got back on. But I had to get to a place in the middle of nowhere that night named Maple Creek, a little church there, amen? I get in there, and uh, there's about 30 people there that night. Not, not a big crowd, 30 or 40 people. Most people won't go, you know. They'd be saying, well, are you going to pay my way? Are you going to do this and do that? I get it all the time. I just said one of my friends, because uh, the evangelists like to, to, to uh, call the people that they know I'm going to after I'm gone to see if they can get in there. And one evangelist wrote, my friend said, 
I want to come. Will you give me an honorarium and will you pay for my ticket? He never even agreed. The person didn't even agree to bring him in, but before he agreed, they were asking for money. And that'll stop you because it lacks trust and humility. You have to go despite whether or not people are going to pay your way. I just go. I, in the Bible, you know, in, I expect hospitality. I expect people to bless because we're Christian. But I'm not going to make people have faith for me. Amen? I'm not going to make you step in the place of faith for my life. I'm going to have faith and trust God. That if he sent me, then it will all work out. Amen? And with that, people are shocked. They're saying, I can't believe your ministry. You're all over the world. One minute you're here, one minute you're there, you're over there. Who's paying your way? <laughs> That's what they'll say. Because <laughs> they're worshiping at the altar of mammon. Uh, I got my, my preacher friends get all upset me. Uh, so you're going down there. Are they paying your way? And I'm like, why are you worrying about that? Why are you worrying about uh, that? When the Bible says, you know, God gave me Matthew 10. He said, when you go, don't worry about money for your money belt, but accept the hospitality that comes to you. And what I've learned all over the world, when you go in the name of the Lord trusting God, the hospitality that you will receive is the greatest hospitality those people can give to you. But if you go there trying to take, they will not receive you. They'll give you the best if you give them your best. And I declare over you today that this revelation will sink deep and suddenly the faith will come into you to go to the ends of the earth for the gospel's sake, not worrying about tomorrow. Amen? Who In this way, we, we've been all over the world. Thank you, Jesus, for it. Anyway, I'm out in the middle of nowhere. I don't know if I knew where I was going to be sleeping that night. I am not. Yeah, I did. I did know, but it wasn't near the church. It was an hour away. I get into the church. I pray for everyone. And as I'm praying, a demon flies into my face. You guys probably believe in demons. If you don't, they're still there. Uh, I hope you do because they're real, right? And they like to attack you, whether you like that or not. A lot of the things you're facing are demonic rather than uh, illnesses that you think, but it's actually demonic strongholds trying to take you out. So I'm in this church, and this it was a Merlin, looked like Merlin, who was a warlock, uh, King Arthur's court. You remember Merlin? Some of you saw that Disney cartoon with the cute little Merlin. Well, he's not a cute little guy. He's a, he's a demon. Whoo! He flies into my face like this. And I remember going, out of there now in Jesus. I just went like that. Get out in Jesus' name. Just like, go on. Well, I was scared. Something coming at you like that. I'm like, you just respond. You don't know what to do. But the name of Jesus is more powerful than any other name. So you declare the name of Jesus into the face of the enemy. And it will break the stronghold. Some of you would rather, uh, some of you are not here because of Jesus. You're here because this is a club. And I can see it on some of you. I hate to say that. I'm not judging you, but you don't believe in God. You don't believe in the power of God. And because of that, you'll, you'll not see the things that you could see. 
the power of God. Amen? But you have to go. You have to go. So my friend set up this crazy tour. I ended up in Chautauqua, I think it is, that town out there. Uh, it's like a liberal stronghold. It's, it's really like a new age philosophical center that thousands and thousands of people come to from all over the world. And they pray to Mama God. They'll be using Jesus' name, this name, that name. And then they'll say, and Mama God, bless us. So they're praying to uh, really the Asheropos or the goddess Diana. Or if you want the Mother Mary that they tried to incarnate. This is like a, a, a female goddess that they pray to. They kicked me out before I could even speak. And they called me the Wizard of Oz saying that I was lying about miracles, amen? That happened, that happened this week. I was so excited because they did that to the Wesleys. They did that to Charles Finney. Would not let them into places before. The, but, you know, just because it, do, it doesn't stop the gospel. Whoo! Uh, you know, Paul tried to, they took out Stephen, remember? And then Paul got nailed by the Holy Spirit going down the road to Mass. Jesus showed up. Suddenly, he began to take Stephen's place to preach the gospel. So I believe that everywhere I go, the Holy Spirit moves in people's lives to raise them up to preach the gospel, even when they resist us, amen? Because greater is he who's in us than he who's in this world. Now, you got to believe that, amen, and declare it. So I, I, I'm in this car with my friend, I think Sonny Red knows him, Bob Pyle. If you don't know Bob Pyle, you need to know Bob Pyle. That guy, is, he's, he's like a storybook character, that fellow. I mean, he's known everywhere. I mean, we'd walk into Chautauqua, and he's like, hey! And everybody's saying hello to him. And he, he brings you places he knows you're going to get kicked out of them. He don't, he, just, he don't care. He's like, oh, we're going over here, and we're doing the meeting. And you believed him, and next thing you get kicked out because uh, the people are resisting the Lord. Amen. So he brought me around this tour. We get to this little town. Now, about a year and a half ago, I went to Tanzania, and I drove uh, 15 hours from one part of Tanzania to another, and there was a woman in the middle of Tanzania that had prepared this meal for us. Beautiful. Probably the best meal I had in Africa was in this house. She gave us cloth to make shirts. She blessed me. She even, she went up and above and beyond because she said, I want to bless the prophets. Whew. And I to be to clear over, because of what you did here today, God is about to bless you. Bless you. Do you know within like, I think within three months, people were given her land. She paid for a church to be built. Whew. One seed turned into an incredible turnaround for her. She's now like, she's got like four or five pieces of property that were given her, and it, she wants it all for ministry. And it began in the moment of that seed. So I'm going across Pennsylvania. I end up in a widow's house. And she, she put, the, her husband only died last year. Uh, and uh, they had a miracle ministry, even in Trinidad. I think, no, Jamaica. It was in Jamaica. Powerful ministry. Now he's gone and she's depressed. Her house is surrounded by demons. They look at her through the windows. I actually prophesied this. I said, I see eyes looking at you through the windows. She said, that's crazy. You just said this. 
because the lady next door was putting like hardcore demonic posters in her window with faces to look into that were looking into her bedroom window. Uh, crazy, and witchcraft is strong uh, all around. The, in the, some of these small towns, there there's crazy witchcraft going on, and God is about to break the power of that. Listen to this. I get in there. I, I, mean, I when I was sitting at her table, I went. My God, this is just like when I was in Africa, which is now a prophetic word about what God's about to do here. I said, I want you, I'm going to pray because I I feel like I'm Elijah right now and you're giving me your last meal. You're giving me the last oil. She fed us this wonderful meal. And I said, I declare right now that you're blessed. I declare that your cupboards will never be bare. I declare over you that God is going to so bless you that you'll be able to bless many. It came out like a, you know, you suddenly just pray that way. It's like the gift of faith comes on you, and you know you know that something's going to happen, right? So the very next day, some person in that town sent somebody to Walmart to buy her hundreds of dollars worth of food to put in her cupboards, and her cupboards were bare, but now they're full. Is that a miracle? They didn't know I was there. They didn't know what I declared. That's the power of God. And I declare you will walk in the power of God. Amen? Woo! We're in a good season. You see, that is actually a prophetic image of what God will do in dark times. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. God knows what's coming, and he's prepared a way for you. You shall be fine in Jesus' name. You will overcome all things in Jesus' name. When you've done all you can to stand, stand on the word of God and begin to declare uh, that God is about to do something. Amen? Oh, my God. You don't have to worry. God has got the thing settled in your favor. I declare right now that you will have certainty because God has released angels of certitude. You will have absolute certainty that you will get through these times. And one more thing, and I'm going to finish. I'm going to pray, not for everybody, but I'll pray for people today. And if you come back tonight, maybe I'll pray for all. Amen. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. I just declare the Holy Spirit in everyone's life here today. The certainty that God is going to move. The second angel that I saw uh, before I left to come into America, and literally three hours before I came in, was one called the Angel of the Wines. Now, every religious spirit just cringed in the world. The wines are the past moves of the Holy Spirit, the joy of the Lord, the strength of the Lord. It's everything that would bring uh, peace, joy, love into your life. It's the wind of the Holy Spirit. The Lord is releasing the wines of the Spirit over every life, even in suffering. You know, don't be praying uh, this way. God, I don't want to suffer ever again. Because you're going to, whether you like it or not. Are you prophesying that over me, brother? I've had people say, no, I'm just telling you what life is like. 
You were born into a, a fallen world, and there's suffering. You're going to face suffering, but that don't mean you have to suffer alone. You invite Jesus into the suffering, and his peace will come. Every storm you go through, Jesus will be there. Boys in the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, there was a fourth man in the fire. And they never even smelled like fire. They, they weren't even burned, amen? And then their testimony of that deliverance went out and changed the nation. Daniel in the lion's den. The Lord shut the mouth of the lions, amen? I declare this over you, that no matter what comes against you, you are the people of God and you will stand. You will be able to do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen. Luke 1, 3, 7. Nothing is impossible for God. You will be blessed even when your neighbors seem to be not blessed because you're in Christ and God. And he loves you because you submit it to him. So I declare over you today, get ready to be in the place of shalom, peace, and blessing in the midst of whatever comes our way you will be fine. Father, I thank you for the people and I ask you to bless them. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the worship because you were actually worshiping these words as I, I was reading what was being sung out and it was the same thing. So Father, I declare they will be crowned with the thoughts of God. They will be crowned with the thoughts of God. That you will have his peace at all times. You will be able to overcome because he's overcome. You will overcome the world. You will radiate the glory of God. Amen. You will radiate his glory and his peace in Jesus' name. Kathy, I just declare over you in Jesus' name that God has got it. Whatever you're going through, you will be fine. I know you told me some things, and I just declare that you, and it's you and the Lord alone, but out of this will come a symphony, a sound, a blessing, and you will rise up. Uh, you've been opposed. You've been put down. I see that many have put you down, but your family has put you down, but they will not be able to stop you. You've been stomped on, but because you've been stomped on, the glory of God is rising up even stronger. I see like a nuclear boom in the spirit and the sound of the Lord going out in many ways. I declare this now in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.